0: And I know that you and Tom, you methodically go through it and look at the capital gain and you don't necessarily do it all in one year. You spread it out and and this way we optimize the impact of the tax as well as the improvement on the investments and the performance.
1: This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area and Thomas O'Connell, president of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John Marino, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host on the East Coast, Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how you doing, buddy?
2: Hello hello everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Hey John, another uh successful weekend in baseball for Jake, huh?
1: Yep, yep. We uh we had a good tournament last week and uh and yeah, we have another tournament lined up this weekend. So he's he's killing it. We're having we're having a good time. Good time.
2: Brian Cashman, if you're listening, your future third baseman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what? He did say he would he would play for Tommy's Yankees. Just not the Dodgers <laughs> or the Giants,
2: or the Red Sox.
1: Uh, yes, or the or and, and as you talked to him this morning, the Mets. So, uh, folks, today we're starting to roll into tax season. So we brought on a great friend of both Tom and I. He he's also a advisor with Brookstone and part of our mastermind group that Tommy and I are in. And he is a in the unique position that he is an enrolled agent and a financial advisor. So we're coming into tax season. We're going to talk to him about tax planning and tax preparation. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you Mr. Moro D'Amico. He is the president and founder of D'Amico Integrated Wealth Management located in Glendale, California. He's got over 40 years of tax experience focusing on individual taxes, business taxes, and estate taxes, as well as 18 years of experience in the financial industry. And Tom and I, uh, we lean on this man for so much tax expertise. He he is definitely uh, one of the smartest men we both know. So without further ado, I would like to introduce our friend, Moro D'Amico, and introducing the founder and president of D'Amico Integrated Wealth Management, Moro D'Amico.
0: Hi, Tom and John. I'm uh, very delighted to be on this uh, podcast with you, and I I look forward
2: to sharing some. Vital information for your for your clients and the listeners. Well, we appreciate you being on, Morrow. So thanks very much. We look forward to it as well.
1: So, Morrow, uh, as I mentioned, you have kind of a, a two a two headed practice. Uh, you both have you have the financial services, but you also have a tax planning uh, practice. Correct. That's right. Well, what what I like to do is because oftentimes you know we talk to people. Uh, about tax management planning and you know when we teach our retirement workshops tom and i we often talk that the enrolled agents and cpas and tax preparers of this world don't really do a whole lot of tax management and tax planning so i would like to kind of begin this off with really asking you about your role as a enrolled agent and tax preparer
0: well, I think the, the big difference is the training that I received from, from being also a Canadian. Um, we, we tend to be more holistic in our approach to doing taxes, whereas I found that in, in America, at least, most practitioners, whether they are CPAs or enrolled agents, they're basically historians. And, um, and so they basically do tax returns for compliance, and they're not really looking for areas like what you and tom and and I do together uh, to to optimize somebody's uh, tax management. So that's the big difference. The, and also during tax season, they're really under a lot of pressure to get uh, to get the tax returns right, make them accurate, try to gather information. Over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of curveballs thrown at uh, practitioners. Between delays and new legislation coming in, but um, generally, that's that's the big difference. Is I, I we as three of us, we we are looking for opportunities to improve a client's uh, after-tax cash flow. And a lot of these guys are just trying to get to the bottom line. They just tell them, "Here's what you owe for taxes, and we'll see you next year."
2: So basically, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, if you don't mind, and say. Uh, <laughs> the tax preparer really just says, hey, this is what you owe. And people like yourself, Mauro, you're saying, hey, this is what we can save you in the future.
0: What I do is I when I prepare tax returns, I get the information, I do the basic things. As a matter of fact, we, with COVID, we, what we've started to do is have clients send us their information ahead of time. And then what we're doing is spending uh, the, a half hour meeting with them to go over their tax returns, But use most of the time to strategize, OK, what's going to happen next year? What are changes we can impact? Because I can't affect anything that's already passed because it's passed. Right. We can only affect the future. So then then we talk about maybe are they moving? Are they going to be taking more money out of their IRA because they need more cash? So we we go through all these different scenarios and I actually have the ability of my software to run different scenarios so I can show them the tax impact of their decisions
1: now. I know uh, Tom's good friend, Ed Slott, you just like you said, said that most CPAs uh, and tax preparers are historians. So really, and I know when we talk to you, and and, and there's a reason why we're doing this podcast in February, because really, you know, starting in, in a week or two, you become extremely busy. You're probably, honestly, you're one of the hardest working people that Tom and I know. And- the amount of time that CPAs, enrolled agents, tax preparers spend on focusing on tax preparation, it really becomes difficult then. And it's really, as I've been told by other CPAs, it's not really in the business model to do tax management. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. That is exactly what happens. So that's why I have to change the way I do business. But let's. why don't we talk about, really, a lot of people don't understand how the tax return is put together. And if you kind of get this 50,000 foot view, it makes a big difference to how to do tax management. The first section in the, in the tax return is the income section and it flows all the way down to adjusted gross income. Then you've got adjustments and after the adjustments, you've got the deductions. And then after the deductions, you have the tax calculation and credits. So, If you look at the whole return, the adjustments are pretty limited because of the legislation changes. The deductions being either the itemized or the standard deductions, they, at that point, you don't have much of an impact on the the results of the tax return. So really the only place where we can affect the tax return is at the income level, is how do we adjust that income to optimize the tax result? And not all income is taxed the same. So for example, wages, interest, and uh, IRA distributions and social security are all taxed as ordinary income along with unemployment and and a few other items. But you can affect the tax return in terms of the level of dividends that you have. So if you have more qualified dividends, the qualified dividends have a favorable tax rate of 15%. So if I'm trying to help a client lower their average tax rate, you want to have a little bit more qualified dividends or more capital, long term capital gains. And then the other areas where we can adjust things is by moving IRA money into Roth so you can lower the IRA distributions, which in turn will affect how much Social Security is getting taxed. Those are the chess moves we can impact and make a difference on a tax return.
2: Right, so uh, the Roth IRA is something that John and I, uh, and I know you have with your clients, but that's something that John and I have been really talking a lot about for the last few shows. we talked a lot about that with uh, Ed Slott. And the, the window is, is kind of closing for some people though with the, with the sunset of the Tax Cuts and Job Act in 2025. But that can be a very powerful tool uh, for clients, like you were saying, to uh, minimize future income tax, because I, I think we're all in agreement that tax rates are going to be higher in the future and could be substantially higher. Well, yes, and and the
0: other thing is, if you move more money into the Roth IRA, you you can uh, you can avoid the taxation on the inheritance to the beneficiaries. I mean, just to give you a little tweak that they did this year that I noticed last week as I was doing a few of the retired tax returns is that in 2020, when you had the $300 donation deduction, and I know it doesn't mean much, but you were able to offset that against the social security that's gonna be taxed. This year, they moved it in another location. So actually, if you compare 2021 to 2020, more social security is gonna be taxed because of that $300 adjustment.
1: Wow, and I know when we're doing Roth conversions, and Tom and I are always talking, about how the government is is just wasting away our money and that you know taxes are going to have to increase. But you know, one thing that I really focus on and, and you know Tom and I have had a lot of discussions with our clients about is is irregardless, if taxes don't ever increase, one thing will happen and that's eventually one of the two spouses is gonna die. So Can you tell us, you know, some tax returns in your experience where you've seen that married filing jointly one year and then the next year, all of a sudden that surviving spouse has to go single filer?
0: Yeah. So what happens is in that scenario, when they were married filing joint, let's say they were just using the the standard deduction of twenty four thousand eight hundred. Once the spouse is the survivor, that gets cut in half. So they only have twelve thousand eight hundred to shelter their income but most likely the income is gonna be the same or slightly increase depending on their age. They might have to take more money out of that IRA and they don't have the shelter.
2: A lot of people don't realize is that uh, when one spouse passes away, one of the social security benefits leaves them as well, the lower of the two, of course, but all of a sudden now for some people that, that social security income is cut in half.
0: Yes, yes, and also, because there's gonna be higher income, they may have only been paying part of the the tax on social security. With one income only, then it's gonna be taxed, 85% of the social security is gonna be subject to tax. Another thing that happens when when a spouse dies, a lot of times there may be triggers of of maybe sale of residence, maybe they wanna downsize. There could be some uh, unexpected income increases all of a sudden, maybe a policy has to be cashed in. Uh, based on, on their circumstances. And what happens is if that event causes your adjusted gross income to leap, it can trigger an additional tax, which uh, upsets a lot of taxpayers, which is the IRMA tax. So they get hit with an additional tax on their Medicare and their income actually goes down when those events happen. So as, as advisors, we have to be aware of these things because we also have to let the clients know your cash flow is gonna be adju- uh, reduced because the Medicare tax is gonna go up and and it's gonna offset against the social security.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm glad you said that. I'm glad we're talking about this because one of the uh, things that we hear from people all the time is that when I retire, I'm gonna uh, be in a lower tax bracket or we hear tax preparers say things like that to their clients all the time. And uh, you know, my experience in my 30 plus years is I would say, 95% of the time when people retire, they're either in the same or a higher tax bracket in the retirement because of what you were just saying, Mauro. And then my question to my clients is always, uh, well, if you're gonna be in a lower tax bracket, that means what? You're gonna be in a, a lower uh, lifestyle. And is that what you worked all those years for and sacrificed and saved for, so you could be in a lower standard of living in retirement than you were in your working years? Yes, and another
0: another thing that's really important when we talk about um, the transition from one spouse to another to the surviving spouse, something that's really important is making sure that if they have a stock portfolio outside of an IRA and a non uh, qualified and after tax investment, that those get a step up in basis on death. And a lot of the the larger wirehouses don't catch these things, and when they report the capital gains. They're basing it on the historical cost rather than the stepped up basis. And a lot of, a lot of tax preparers don't catch that because they don't do estate returns.
1: Well, you know, and, and that's a, I mean, we're even just talking on the spousal part, but that's a great segue to, to a, a good friend of mine uh, and client. He actually inherited his father's non-qualified investment account. And the CPA that he was using at the time did not uh, did not properly report it, and you know people always say you know it's okay. I'm inheriting money, and you know if I got to pay taxes, that's fine. But this is another real world example of you, you say that until the tax bill comes, because this this friend of mine literally got a letter in the mail from the IRS saying you owe 158 thousand dollars in taxes mm-hmm. because the step up in basis was not reported. And we, we we resolved the situation for him. Uh, he did not owe the one hundred fifty eight thousand when all is said and done. But to say the least, uh, he did not enjoy uh, you know the moments of <laughs> getting, getting letter.
2: that
0: letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, those are not fun. Well, the the other thing that I've seen in, in my experience and what drove me to get into the the business is I was doing tax returns and I would see you know. Uh, clients invested it in, in mutual funds that were causing unnecessary tax through capital gain distributions. So they were paying taxes by default rather than by design, which is what I know you and and Tom do. Is you you try to structure things to be the most efficient so they're not paying tax by by default. They're going to pay it by by your design.
2: One of the things that that we see a lot uh, that other advisors don't pick up on uh, is. The mutual fund aspect that you were just talking about, you know, you could have a year like uh, 2008 where the markets uh, tank or 2000, 2001, 2002, and they clients could still get a long term capital gain or even a short term capital gain bill from, uh, uh, from their brokerage house because the mutual funds sold items at a profit in order to liquidate portfolio, uh, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, clients' portfolio value is down by 10 or 20%, but they're getting a tax bill. That drives them nuts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: I I know, it, and and that's one of the reasons I I started getting into the financial services because of the fact that I could see that they weren't doing things in the best interest of the clients in terms of the tax. Another part is that whenever I've talked to, there's no communication between other advisors and myself. So if I'm dealing with somebody who's uh, managing a client's money for tax, uh, I never get a call from them. The only thing they ask me is how much are the long-term capital gains or loss carry forwards so that they can offset their gains. But we never talk about anything else. And all they seem to be focused on is how, how much performance they're making for their clients. But... When you're retired, it's really about after-tax cash flow. It's not about how, who cares about making eight or ten percent.
1: Well, and and you know, people don't realize whether they're they're with a, a broker, advisor, or a big firm that won't discuss taxes. Which I I think all three of us have had this conversation about how how foolish that is. I mean, everything that our clients are invested in has a taxable implication. So to not have those discussions uh, is foolish. But the bigger thing that I, I don't know how many times I've heard it. And, and Tom you, and Moro, you both can probably repeat the same thing is people coming in and their advisors saying, listen, we're making money. That's all that matters. And when we make you money, you have to pay the taxes. And they're not understanding that, you know, Morningstar talked about tax alpha, and the ability that even though it's not on your investment return that a tax efficient investment plan can actually add 1 to 2% annual to your bottom line and and that's without market risk and you know that that's just always kind of shocked me and, and you know uh, you guys had both mentioned the mutual funds and the phantom capital gains that you know yeah we're putting you in you know high, how come you have, how come your advisor has you in mutual funds for this investment? You know, it's triggering all these taxes and you're not even getting to enjoy the money that you're paying tax on. Yeah. And I don't
2: think we're, I don't think we're trying to bash mutual funds, uh, but point is, I think, uh, John also with part of what, what you're saying is that, Hey, if, we can create this efficient portfolio strategy that takes taxes into consideration, and you're getting one or two percent more in your cash flow or your bottom line or what you get to keep in your pocket. That's less risk that you have to take with your portfolio.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and as you know, we have asset allocation, but you know you really got have to look at the fact of asset location. And Tom, you you brought up a great point. We're not bashing mutual funds. What we're saying is mutual funds have a time and uh, have have a place in certain accounts, maybe like a tax deferred vehicle, where mm-hmm. those phantom capital or gains don't exist. Rate. Right? Yeah. Right. R- right, Moro?
0: Yes, I agree with that. The other thing that that is really key also that that I've noticed um, repositioning assets and not considering the tax consequences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's a that's a huge one. I, you know, we're we're looking at, at doing some reallocations, you know, to address some bond risk. And, you know, that's something I sent out to my clients. I said, you know, understand that if if you have non-qualified, we're not just going to reallocate you because there's going to be a cost to your reallocation. So we are going to reach out to you separately and talk about the taxable implications and, and get your authorization because ultimately you're the one, you know, that has to make the decision whether you want to kind of de-risk some of the bond holdings and pay the taxes or just keep the bond holdings and have that, you know, future market risk.
0: Also, I think when you acquire a new client uh, you look at their portfolios, they may have a tremendous amount of risk and you need to reallocate the portfolio to a a better better position or more more diversification. But some of those investments they have might have a low cost basis. So then, you know, I've seen a lot of these firms that will do that, but they'll just sell everything and just re- reallocate everything without considering the tax consequence. And I know that you and Tom, you you methodically go through it and look at the capital gain. And you don't necessarily do it all in one year. You spread it out. And, and this way we optimize the impact of the tax as well as the improvement on the investments and the performance.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I mean, I know all three of us have had conference calls and discussions about that. So what are some things that our listeners can focus on and things that you often look for on a 1040? Well, what I
0: look for is, is uh, the level of qualified dividends that they have. Because I know that if I can increase the qualified dividends, I could lower their average tax rate on their return, so those are those are things that I kind of look at. The other thing is if they're going to be in bonds and they're already uh, in in a lot of income, um, I might try to recommend that they have more tax exempt interest to try and lower lower their overall AGI. Those are some ways of 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 uh, the, you know reducing the taxation. Uh, the other thing I look at is uh, the amount of IRA distributions they're having to take out and either have a little, try to, I know we have a software that we can use to optimize how much we can take out and not jump into the next tax bracket. So I I look at where we are and if I can take a little bit more money out and move it into the Roth and reduce the future uh, distributions they have to take, especially if they're over 72, then I'm helping them. And there are situations where there isn't isn't a, a lot you can do about the social security, but those items that I mentioned to you those are things that I look for when I go down the return. I see if I can adjust any of those things to to reduce the overall tax impact.
2: So uh, looking forward, there's probably there may be some things that people still can do for 2021. But what would you say maybe are the top two, three, four items that people should be thinking about or looking towards for this year? To maybe a lot of people are getting back to work. Uh, they may be seeing more money coming in now as a family or as a unit. Um, what is it that that maybe they can focus in on to help alleviate or, or, or reduce some of that future tax burden?
0: Well, some of the things they could be doing is, um, I know that, that, uh, charities have been hurt pretty hard with what's going on with the economy. And I think they're going to liberate a little bit more. The rules on charities and uh on the itemized deductions there is some talk about uh increasing the um the salt deduction to allow up to eighty thousand dollars of um, tax as a deduction and not limiting it to ten
2: it hasn't passed property yet
0: tax. but that right well the, the the all three taxes the state income tax the property tax um and and uh sales tax or the DMV. So all those components, they might be increasing the limit from 10 to 80. If that happens, then a lot of people in in states like New York or California will benefit from a lower federal tax. The other thing that your listeners would want to make sure is that their tax professional doesn't just take the standard deduction because they might be able to itemize for the state where they live in and standard deduction on the federal.
1: Interesting. And, and even really, I mean, hopefully they're looking at the itemized, you know, their tax professionals looking at the itemized deduction. And, you know, if you're fairly close to uh, exceeding the standard deduction, I know I know we've all had this, this training in some of our holistic planning uh, tax courses is really looking at the taxes in a two-year window, right? So if you're close uh, to that standard deduction, maybe uh, and and you're charitable, maybe, you know, gifting two years in, you know, 2022 and taking that itemized deduction for 2022. And then in 2023, taking the standard deduction and then repeating the process in 2024, correct? Yes. The other thing that you
0: could do, uh, which based on what you said, has brought up something donor advised funds. I mean, if you, if you anticipate, uh, a large capital gain, maybe on, on downsizing your residence or an investment property, maybe that's the year to uh, open up a donor advised funds if, you, if you're charitably minded. And you can get the deduction in the immediate year, but then you can spread out the payments from the donor advised funds maybe over five or six years. Um, so you're still giving money away, but, but you basically funded your future giving and offsetting
1: your current year's taxes. Right, you know, and, and earlier you had mentioned you know, you have the income, the adjusted gross, the deductions, the tax calculation, and at the very bottom, the credits, which you know, for people over 70 and a half, you have the Qualified Charitable Distribution, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about the, the QCD.
0: The Qualified Charitable Distribution is a way of getting the, if you don't need that, that uh, money to be in your tax return and you're gonna give it away to charity anyway, by using the Qualified Charitable Distribution, you're giving the money directly to the charity and it's not going to increase your adjusted gross income. So you get a double benefit by doing that.
2: The people who are getting those big r that don't necessarily need them, that's what you're talking about.
0: Yes, because what will happen is if you take the r and then you give the donation, everything is driven off the adjusted gross income in terms of how things are taxed or, or limitations on credits. So if you can keep your adjusted gross income down, then your your other items can reduce the taxes. So by doing that, you're actually going to gain.
1: Right. In right. some
0: cases, somebody could actually not pay tax on social security by not having that RMD in their tax return.
1: Yeah, because those tax torpedoes, it's just it's like a a domino effect, right? Once. Once your ordinary income or capital gains and whatnot, once that domino falls, then it's going to fall into Social Security. And like you said, Irma, you know, earlier in the in the program.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and for this year, the other the other thing that we're going to see in 2021, in 2020, they gave they gave taxpayers a break on the unemployment compensation of ten thousand two hundred in in for 2021. If you received unemployment, they're not giving you that reduction. So people are going to have a higher tax bill if they did receive unemployment this year.
1: Wow, that's sneaky. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, the government and the IRS for you. Um, yes. So for for the listeners, because because we know taxes are just riveting, right? We while we enjoy talking to them, it's probably you know, this is probably a good time to listen. Like if you want to take a nap or if you want to go to sleep because uh, taxes, you know, th- they're mundane, but. They're important because really the only thing, you can't control the markets, but you can, in a sense, control your tax destiny. And, you know, and that's something that the three of us are constantly talking about is is just trying to control what we can control. And Moro was, you know being the forward thinker and the great planner that he is, he actually came up with a couple of case studies to give our listeners. So Moro, um, why don't you give us your case studies and, and some things uh, that, that Tom and I can, can look at for our clients, and what our, our listeners can also look at.
0: Well, one of the one of the things that I did um, with a couple, they had they had uh, pretty reasonably high pensions and social security, and they had investments. So because the pensions were were from from a government institution, I had no control. Over, over how that was going to play out because that, that's a default. So the only things I could do is I could, I could move some money from IRA distributions to by converting some into Roths and trying to take advantage of the, the tax brackets that I could right now. Cause we are, we are probably at the lowest tax brackets we're going to see. I think uh, after this year that we're expecting taxes to go up and, and possibly the rates to, to shrink it down to lower ta- uh levels of income so that the in other words uh, as your income we've been able to go through a higher uh ranges of income without paying a higher tax i think they're going to bring that down and so people will hit higher tax uh rates sooner so one of the things that i did is i i moved some money to roth i also looked at their investments because they had a lot of investments that we could generate some capital gains And by doing that, since we generated a a substantial amount of capital gains and we could do that consistently with their investments, we were able to to lower their average rate from 25% down to about 19%. So we got a a pretty good gain by doing that. Even though it was higher tax, um, it actually was a lower tax rate and it benefited them for the future. So that's, that's one of the strategies that I've used quite effectively, um, and, that, and that's with a, a couple with high income. Another thing that you could do is with a couple that's retired and, and has um, IRAs and Social Security is you try to get the, the IRA distributions low enough that the Social Security is only taxed at 50% or less. So those are two good strategies you can use, and of course, moving moving the money to 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 a Roth IRA, and uh, and try to to have it so that it doesn't get taxed uh, forever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, again, Tommy, another tax professional, seasoned, knowledgeable tax professional, sounding the alarm on higher taxes in the future.
2: It could be the the difference between a very happy retirement or a very miserable retirement.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, a ton of great information. Uh, Moro, um, speaking on behalf of Tommy, we know how busy you are. And it, it was awesome because Moro was very excited to come on and carve out a portion of his time to really educate our listeners because he he's very passionate about education much much like Tommy and I and and Moro, we thank you for your knowledge. And of course, uh, not even the knowledge on the podcast, but the knowledge you give to Tommy and I you know throughout uh, you know the days and months that go on.
2: as well as your friendship, of course.
0: Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. We're all passionate to do the best for people. I think that's what, that's what drives us more than the income we generate. I think it's doing the right thing at the right time so that people can benefit. And I, I think uh, with that, people will benefit from your advice and, and what we're able to do together.
1: Yeah, so um, if you're in the L.A. area and uh, you're listening and you want to you talk to tomorrow. He's uh, located in Glendale, California at 3430 Ocean View Boulevard, Sweetie. And you can get a hold of him at 818-839-5335 or visit his website. And that's uh, D'Amico Integrated Wealth Management. And the website is D as in David, A-M as in Mary, I-C-O-I-W-M as in Mary.com. Thanks again, Morrow. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, Tommy, another great podcast in the books. And we have uh, a couple of uh, uh, future guests that uh, we're really going to start looking at estate planning. So uh, thanks again for listening. Tommy, always good talking with you.
2: My pleasure. Thanks again, Mauro. It was really uh, wonderful. And I know we're all going to be seeing each other in a couple of weeks in Austin, Texas. So I look forward to that as well. It's my pleasure. I wish you guys a great
1: rest of the tax season. <laughs> Good luck to you, sir. We don't have to do the tax prep. <laughs> we'll do some tax letters to the tax prep, but that's all you—that's all your fun.
0: Well, I'll let I'll let you know if anything comes down the pipe that uh, is going to change a few things down the future, so that uh, you can you can plan accordingly for your clients.
1: All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for uh, tuning in to another Retire Happy broadcast, and uh, we will see you next time. It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or go online to gosecurus.com That's gosecurus.com If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973-394-0623. That's 973-394-0623. And online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. And we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Secures Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot